What's going on, America? This episode of the Dear America podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Black Rifle Coffee. You need to stop what you're doing. If you're drinking Starbucks, throw it out the window. If you're drinking Dunkin' Donuts, it's not quite as bad, but still throw it out the window. You need to be drinking America's coffee. Not only am I proud to have known these guys for eight years now, uh, I consider them friends. They put their money where their mouth is. They give millions of dollars every single year to veterans. So you need to support a company that is not only America's coffee, but they give back to Americans. Every single one of you go to blackriflecoffee.com now. What's going on, hey, America? Hey. Welcome and happy Monday. We hope you guys are having a fantastic start of the week. Um, you know, woke up at 5.30 this morning. It's already been a day. I've already done more today than a lot of people will do all day. Um, it's, there you go. It's, um, I, I hate it, but I love it at the same time. I tried briefly to do the working out in the afternoon, and then something always came up, and I never did it. And so I'm just destined to wake up when it's nighttime outside for the rest of my life. Uh, that's the way it's going to be. Not too come. bad. No. Um, today, we're going to have an interview from Pastor Mark Burns. And this is kind of in response to uh, normal criticisms that we get. Graham, why don't you ever have a black pastor on there, racist? Okay. <laughs> sure. Why not? All right. This isn't going to go the way you think it's going to go, but sure. Uh, <laughs> we'll have a black pastor on. Why not? Um, it's always funny to me that the people that, that, that are the first to put out race are always the racist, but either way, um, I want to address some things first though, uh, before I go forward and, and, and I'm kind of working this out in my head as I often do as, uh, we talk on the show because this is my show and this is how we go. Um, so every time, especially now that we've made the switch to where we're doing more, you know, Christian stuff and or Bible stuff. I, I actually self-check myself, and I send the episodes out to pastors and pastoral friends of mine from all different things, mega church to normal church to small church, across the board, right? Just friends who aren't pastors, but they're just super, super just doing it right, man, and, and trying to get this thing. And, and, and here's what I'm discovering. I'm discovering that Christians always have a dip and a dodge for everything. And, and, and this is not to be said in an attackful mode. It's, it's to be said in a um, to get you to think type mentality. Uh, in fact, I heard John Cooper, um, he did a really good analogy when the Roe v. Wade thing came down. And you had so many uh, woke Christians and woke pastors and stuff. Oh, now that was one good piece of advice that I need to say before I go further. This was pointed out to me. A lot of these things that I say on issues that I have with Christians and the church doing, everyone always comes at me with, well, you can't talk to non-Christians like that. They're never going to become Christians. Well, I know that. And, 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 and I guess I need to make it more clear 
the main things that I'm talking about <clears throat> when I go on these course correction type rants, if you will, I'm talking to people directly that identify <laughs> identify as Bible-believing Christians. That's who I'm talking to. I am well aware that there are people who do not believe in Jesus, and I am well aware that there are people who think that I believe in fairy tale lands because I believe in Jesus uh, and God and the Holy Trinity, etc. Maybe this show uh, will lead them to God. Maybe it won't. Uh, we talk about the real truths, and my moral compass of real truth comes from the Bible, and it bleeds into politics across the board. As we move on with this show, we're going to have more Christian stuff, but we're also going to have, we're going to dive into political and cultural world just like we always do. And that is the point I'm trying to make. Back to John's point. Roe v. Wade comes out, you got woke pastors that haven't had, said a single thing, but when Roe v. Wade decision comes down, instead of celebrating in that moment, Christians immediately diverted so they wouldn't have to show their firm stance on if they're pro-life or pro-choice and you could do whatever you want. Instead, they go, well, oh gosh, you know, we can't celebrate too much about that because we got to figure out how we're actually going to deal with all the babies that are going to be, you know, born first, et cetera. That's like telling a, 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 a transplant list person that, oh, that's great. You got your heart, but you know, don't celebrate too much. Cause now you actually got to worry about what you're going to do to, you know, because you're going to live now. It's, ridiculous and and we do this dip dodge thing as Christians. All right, ladies and gentlemen, listen, do not believe the hype. Biden and the White House are celebrating over the fact that they got gas down into the threes. Uh congratulations. You're still almost two dollars above what you know we had it under President Trump. Listen to me. I have spoken to contractors, uh commercial real estate, residential real estate, all of the above. Ladies and gentlemen, things are only going to get worse. This new uh, Inflation Reduction Act thing that they passed, it is what we're spending and spending and spending. It is only going to get worse. So I am pleading with all of you right now as a dad, as a husband, as a person that's trying to figure out a way to retire one day and leave my kids something, you owe it to yourself to go to birchgold.com right now and check out how you can protect your savings, how you can protect your 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 financial stability for forever with precious metals like gold and silver. It's super easy. It's no obligation. It's simple. All you got to do is text the word Graham, G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898. I'm asking every single one of you to do this. Send a text right now. I know you're on your phone. I know it. You can't listen to this unless you're on your phone. Grab your phone and text the word G-R-A-H-A-M to 989898 right now to get a free 20-page info kit. Free information is vital information, and you owe it to yourself and your family to go right now. Text the word Graham to 989898 now. There's always a critique, right? And and that's what I'm learning. And and I realize that this show particularly is from a lens of bringing out what I see, right? You tune in to this show because this is an opinion of how I see it. 
you listen to this show because the majority of you feel like I do, you think like I do, and some of you see it like I do, and then some of you don't. Like I said, we got a couple one stars, and we appreciate you being on the show. Every download counts. (laughs) But as we move forward with this, and as we move forward going on with this, here's what I've learned is as far as Christianity goes, as far as opinions go, as far as politics go, as far as everything goes, everyone's always going to have a dip and a dodge to what you say. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. whether you, If you don't believe in God, there's not a whole lot I can say to you based on my worldview of my moral compass of what I believe to be true that's really going to resonate too much because you don't believe in God. So everything I say is only going to be taken with a grain of salt from you, right? That's just kind of how it goes. People who believe that there's 172 genders, I'm only going to listen to what they say with a grain of salt because I believe in a different worldview and the Bible, which is the absolute truth. That's what I believe. Some of you listening to this podcast episode thinks that's absolutely insane. I read your comments all the time. But I don't care. (laughs) And I don't care because I truly believe that what is going to save this country and move this country in the right direction is to go back towards our foundings as a nation. And so many people will argue and they'll say, oh, our founding fathers were not evangelical pastors and all this other stuff. Yeah, no, I got it. They were flawed, battered, broken sinners. That's what they were. But to make an argument that our country was not founded on Christian values, I think I think that that's lunacy. I really do. I'm trying, Zach, not to call people morons. I'm really Don't trying. Don't do it. Don't I, do I, it. So, so I will not call people morons. I will say that I believe that that's lunacy because I don't see the connection of how you can make that connection. I don't see it. I don't believe it. I don't see how you can look at the founding of this nation and you can say things like politics do not belong in church and church does not belong in politics. I completely and utterly disagree. Well, what about separation of church and state? Blah, 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 blah. Shut up and go back and read what Thomas Jefferson was was actually saying. Because here's another thing. No rational adult actually thinks that the separation of church and state, which was letters that Thomas Jefferson wrote, no no sane adult actually believes that was to keep the church silent on what's going on in politics. You don't. You don't. If you do, you're a highly uninformed individual. Every sane adult, whether you believe in the Bible or not, you know that Thomas Jefferson was actually talking about keeping the government out of the church because they came from a world where the government dictated the church as far as political persons uh, or political people. If you didn't go to a certain church, you didn't have certain political status, et cetera, et cetera. You know this, but you choose to lie because it fits the comfortable agenda of what you want it to fit because here's the ultimate truth. The ultimate truth is we don't like the truth. Everyone claims that they love the truth, but no, they actually don't. Nobody, nobody likes the truth. No one, no one, no one, no one, because everyone's truth is we all are hypocrites. 
every one of us. Every one of us has sin. Every one of us, <laughs> unlock your phone right now. I'm serious. Every single one of us. You got hidden files on your phone. Uh, if you've got a cleared out history on your phone, you've been looking at porn, you know you have. Uh, all this stuff. Every single one of us has lied, cheated, stole. I don't care. Every single person. We're all flawed hypocrites. Every single one of us. But yet we walk around every day trying to sound smarter than everybody else. And so that's another thing. These academia-type Christians drive me nuts. Drive me nuts. And here's why. And I'll say it like this. There's not a single time that someone has had an encounter with God when someone taught them to death about the Bible. There's just not. Not one time. Zit negative one time did a theologian come in and help change somebody's heart. Never. For people to have a real encounter with God, for people to have a real encounter of seeing the truth of what's going on in our country, in our society, in our culture, in our politics, it comes from real interaction with real people that all have similar backgrounds of stories. It doesn't matter if you grew up in Oregon or you grew up in rural Mississippi or you grew up in the streets of Chicago. It doesn't matter. Every single one of us has a story. We're all carrying baggage. I listened to this person the other day talk for probably an hour and a half about all the bad things that happened to them and blah, 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 blah. And I get it. And there's a time and a place for that. But there comes a point when you have to realize that everybody is hurt. Everybody has things that has gone wrong in their lives. Everybody has a story. And the truth is none of us are good enough. Not a single one of us. None of us deserve anything. None of us deserve grace. None of us deserve <laughs> none of us deserve love. And the reason why, and I and I know that's controversial, but let me explain. None of us deserve anything because we're all flawed, sinful people. Through grace, redemption, salvation, all of these things, that is how you obtain certain things. And just because we don't deserve love doesn't mean that people don't give it to us. But love is not something that people deserve. I, I just, I, be, I the Bible says this very plainly. We're, we are sinful individuals. I heard a pastor say this one time. Every time he posts a picture of his kids, he says, hashtag my beautiful loved little sinners. <laughs> because it's true. We're all these horrible, flawed people that are simply trying to do the best that we can. We may not deserve love, but through God's grace, we have love. We definitely don't deserve grace, but through God's love, we have it. I can do these semantics on words all day. Pastors do it all the time. It's through encounters. It's through engagement. It's through dialogue. It's through, it's through talking and speaking, et cetera. Man, I say, I, there was a video of me the other day from a preaching event. It was at the very end of a preaching event. It's the wrap-up kind of thing, like, the you know, everybody's, you know, applauding and whatnot, and I'm getting into it, and I say something like, uh, we need real Christians, batter, 
torn, scarred, whatever. I don't remember everything I said, but then I said something like, God's not dead yet. God's not done yet. And you would be amazed at how many religious scholars say, <laughs> you claim to be a Christian. Uh, God is unable to die. Uh, God is eternal. Have you ever seen the movie God's Not Dead? You ever seen that movie? Mm-hmm. Hello? <laughs> Obviously, I know. I said God's not dead yet. God's not done yet. God can do all these things through you. I'm well aware. I'm talking to everyone when I say these things. There are there are so many people that believe that God was just this made-up thing or Jesus was this thing, and he's dead, blah, blah, blah. They literally have made movies called God's Not Dead. Literally. Literally, but people want to semantics me in the middle of a message that 90% of people were moved by it. They felt something from it, but these religious scholars have something to say. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to me, and it's, it's a problem because people say that I'm the problem because I believe that there are people that need to be challenged. I believe that there are ways that are being done that are wrong. I believe that there are better ways to go about it religiously, politically, culturally, etc. Because to be blunt, and no disrespect to any of you, I know these things and you don't. There's a lot of things that other people know that I don't. Expertise matters. Uh, uh, Your life experiences matter. And a lot of these people that want to sound smart because they know the Bible. I'll tell you who knows the Bible better than anybody. The devil knows the Bible better than anybody. But we twist and we turn our words, and the church is no better than politics. None. None. No better than politics. And if I sound a little jaded this morning, it's not that. It's that the thing that upsets me the most and the thing that it's hard to put on a happy face and and, and listen is because the church... <laughs> The church is just like politics, and it's unfortunate, man. And, and, and there'll be people that want to argue and say that I'm focusing on a small majority of churches that are doing it, and you're right, I am, because that small majority, or that small minority, excuse me, has the majority of the people's ears in the country. That's why I'm attacking them. And that, well, I don't, I'll call it attack, whatever. That's why I'm challenging them. Because they have the ear of so many people. There's so many small churches doing it right, Graham. Why don't you focus on them? I do focus on them. I talk about them all the time. But they don't have the ear of millions of people across the nation every single day and week. So why are we playing this semantics game, dip, dodge, move all around thing? Well, you could have said it like this. Maybe. But I said it the way I said it because I believe that's the way I was supposed to say it because whoever was supposed to hear what I was supposed to say to change their heart or to get them to think a different way, they heard it that way. I truly believe these things. I do. I truly believe these things. I believe that people say things different ways to reach people in different ways, whether politically, whatever. Shut up. If you don't like it, don't listen. Not even my show, other people's shows. You don't like Stephen Furtick, don't listen to Stephen Furtick. You don't like Joel Osteen, 
Don't listen to him. You like your local pastor? Listen to your local pastor. You don't like Dan Crenshaw? Unfollow his accounts. You don't like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene? Don't listen to her. Shut up. It's amazing technologies that we have these days that you don't have to. Well, Graham, if you only live in an echo chamber, you're going to, there comes a point where you have to decide where you stand, what you believe. So this whole thing about echo chambers being bad, uh, I don't know. Well, if all you do is live in a Christian echo chamber, all you're going to do is have a Christian worldview. Exactly. (laughs) That's the whole point. I don't see it the way that another religious person on another religion would see it, and I'm never going to. I don't see it the way that people who don't believe in God see it, and I'm never going to. See, as Christians, we have to remember, and we talk about this in our interview with Pastor Mark Burns here in a minute, we are going to be persecuted. We are going to be thought of as the weirdos. We are going to be attacked. We are going to be (laughs) casted out of many things. Because it's not our job to fit in. It's our job to stand out. If, you, if, if a Christian doesn't look different, then that's not really the mark of a Christian. Correct. And now some pastors would say if a Christian looks the same as everybody else, they're not a Christian. Some people would say that's flammatory or inflammatory statements or whatever. Zach said it more eloquently, but they mean the same thing. But yet we argue over the delivery of the same thing. And the worst ones about it are other, quote-unquote, Christians. Christians, men and women, are the biggest Karens that there are. Because you know what that person meant when they said that, but because you want to sound more Christian-y than everybody else, you just gotta say something. Now, if somebody's speaking pure false teachings and lies, that's different. Call them out. But you want to argue over a wording? (laughs) Interesting. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be set apart. We're supposed to live amongst the world, but not be of the world. That's not saying that we're better than anybody else, but that's the truth, and that's what people don't want to talk about. They don't want to talk about the fact of if you really want to start living right for the, for the Lord, your friend group needs to get a little smaller. In fact, I would argue today that if you have not eliminated certain people from your intimate core group, now that's not shunning people and thinking you're better than and never speaking to, but the people that have access to your life, true unfettered access, if you are trying to do your best to live a better life with Christ, there is zero chance that you do not have to eliminate mm-hmm. some people. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, if you want to grow closer to God and you want to, like, who you surround yourself with is who you will become. And if you want to be a better Christian, you need to surround yourself with solid Christians. Exactly. This is why I'm frustrated with Christians. Because when it comes to things that really matter, 
like standing up for government overreach of shutting churches down, standing up for government overreach of because churches have 501c3s, they can't talk about certain things. When it comes to woke ideologies entering into the pulpit, when it comes to LGBTQ communities taking over our schools and grooming of our children across the board, when it comes to the attacks against our freedoms here in America that allow us the ability to worship freely as we speak, when it comes to those things, you're cowards with no backbone and you're silent at every step of the way because you don't want to offend anyone. But when it comes to another Christian that's trying to speak out, when it comes to another Christian that's trying to be bold when you're not, when it comes to another Christian that's trying to point out what the Bible says versus what the world what the world says, when it comes to another Christian trying to stand up for Jesus, you will go after them quick because you got Jesus better than they got Jesus when most of you haven't been to church in probably two or three years. You got Jesus more than they got Jesus when most of you probably had never tithed one time. You got Jesus more than they got Jesus, I don't know, because you watched a video on the internet. The problem I have with Christians today is they are the first. <laughs> They're the first ones to tell everybody else what they should do. And they're not even doing it themselves. Now, I got no problem with calling people out. Everybody knows this. I got no problem with it at all. But you better be doing it. It's like somebody said, it's like, it's like giving somebody advice on how to work out. You ain't been in the gym in 10 years. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. Do you get up at 5.30 in the morning? Are you at the gym before the sun comes up? Shut up. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious, man. Anyway, that was my rant. I don't know what we're going to title this episode. Maybe it's the problem with Christians today. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, we'll figure we'll, it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Anyway, up next is uh, a really, really cool interview. Uh, it's Pastor Mark Burns. As stated in Hill State in his interview, he is a black man. Uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of people always get on to us. Why don't you ever have any black people on the show? We have black people on all the time. But this, you know, black pastor's fine. I'll give it to you. So we got one, <laughs> and we, we have an open conversation about this, and man, does he tell you what he thinks. And uh, anyway, I hope you guys stick around. This is going to be a great interview segment, and um, here we go. All right, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Mark Burns is in the house with us today. How are you, my friend? Man, I'm happy to be here, brother. Fellow South Carolinian. Just, I, you, hey. you, you live in my city that I was born in. Yeah, that's... Anderson, South Carolina. That's crazy. Town. That's crazy. And, and uh, you know, I, I've lived in the South my whole life, even sure. when I was in the Army. Fort Hood, you know, I mean, I've been in the, yeah. I've been in, I told my wife, I've been hot my whole life. Yeah. Like, I went to Iraq <laughs> a couple times, Kuwait, all this stuff. But, but, but there is something about South Carolina, man. I just, I, I love South Carolina. The water is different down here in South Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. The water is different. Absolutely. Okay. So, I want to talk to you today. Uh -huh. You are, we get to have a completely different conversation I've had with all the other pastors that have come through here. Sure. You are a pastor 
that has been so involved on the political side mm-hmm. with President Trump and, yes. and, 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 and you like me, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not a pastor, but, but I come into this faith conversation yeah. from seeing the evil and the darkness behind the veil of politics yeah. that most people will never, ever never. know, ever. And I, I just want to, I, I want to hear your perspective as a, as a pastor, et cetera. What is it like being a man of faith in the realm of politics? What is that like? Well, first of all, I just want to thank you so much for you being the fight, brother. You are literally an inspiration to millions of people, Christians, young people around. Oh, well, thank you. And the fact that that. you live in the city I was born in, I'm (laughs) I'm going to, I'm getting you. You In the South, we call it, you're getting a whooping. You're getting a whooping, brother. My mama's here. She's going to give you a whooping. Okay, all right. We're supposed to be in and connected together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But but, but listen, uh, you're right. Uh, There is a fight uh, uh, in the body of Christ, there's a fight for the soul of America, and it can only be won, Graham, by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm thanking Charlie Kirk and Turning Point for having Turning Point Faith, because if we don't have the Word of God interjected into the laws and the policies that we're trying to push, you cannot enjoy freedom without the Word of God. Absolutely. You cannot enjoy liberty without the power and the Word of God. You cannot enjoy all the things that we celebrate when Turning Point USA and Turning Point Action without Turning Point Faith, the Word of God. And so for me, God has bridged a platform to where it has been my number one focus to bring the gospel of Jesus back into the center of American politics and American culture. For me, what it's been like, Jesus already laid out how it was going to be. Jesus said that they are going to hate me. They hate you because they hated me first. Because we're preaching the truth against a liberal lie that is coming from the gates of hell. Look at their policies. Absolutely. And for me, that's where it spawned. When I start to realize, because, again, I'm a black man. For those who don't know, I'm a black man. I'm a proud black man. I'm from the deep south. Absolutely. Right. And so my, my father's black, mother's black, grandfather's black. I'm proud of our culture. But when you start looking at the policies of the Democratic Party, and you really get past the color and the emotionalism that is connected to being a Democrat, you would discover that their policies don't line up to God's word. Absolutely. There are yeah. so many policies, Graham, that 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 I couldn't get down with because I, I, my first, my citizenship is in the kingdom of heaven. I tell everybody, I, nobody's more America first than me, but actually I'm a Christian first. Yes. And so I now I say God first, America next. Yes. That's absolutely. how I say it. I love that. God first, America next, because it, we are we, we, we hold dual citizenship. Absolutely. We have the kingdom citizenship, which, which, is, which, which is over our natural citizenship. And so for me, it, it became a contradiction. How can I be a Democrat? And I was a Democrat because, again, that's what most black people do. We are Democrats. That's because of a lack of education and and, and lack of understanding. What do Democrats stand for? It is not the Democrat party of Dr. Martin Luther King. It is not the Democrat party of Megan Everett. It is not the Democrat party of the Freedom Fighters. It's not the Democratic party that brought change, you know, through the Montgomery Approval Association. It is a party that has been hijacked by liberalism, by the LGBTQ community that is now pushing the maps, minor attractive persons, right? Because we've opened up Pandora's box. It's horrible. And so this is where, for me, I had to draw the line of the sand. 
I had to realize that Democrats believe that it's okay to kill babies. Yeah. Democrats believe it's okay for a man to be to to to, to have sexual relationships with another man, and and they're forcing, trying to force the church to marry and to recognize that sin when the Bible makes it very clear that is an abomination. Right. How can I, a man of God, knowing that my allegiance first lies in the hands of God, first lies in the hands of Master Jesus, how can I bow down to that to, to, to obeying a, a, a Democrat policy that is contrary to God's word. Absolutely. And that's, Graham, what sparked me to, to take on this mantle. For me, it's, it's, it's no different. Yes. I shouldn't be famous. Absolutely. Every preacher should be preaching this. Yes. Every man of God should be standing up for this. Absolutely. This should be the norm. We should be drawing in a line in the sand and saying, for God I live, for God I'll die. Though you slay me, yet still I will trust you, God. Take my church. Take my 501c3. Take my, and that's what happened to me. When I started supporting Donald Trump, 40% of my business died overnight. Yeah. I own the second largest black-owned and operated Christian TV network in America called the Now Television Network. And on the Now Network, majority of them were African-American pastors. But the moment I started supporting President Donald Trump coming out, supporting my faith, and, 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 and supporting who uh, they believe the most racist person in the world. No, listen, Donald Trump is the blackest president we've ever had in <laughs> yeah. the history of the United States of America. Right. I've been a senator from day one because of the policy he's pushed. But because so many Democrats, especially those in the church, black Democrats within the black church, right. are appealed to the old Democrat policy of Dr. King. And they, and, and, and they have become blinded to the fact that it's been hijacked by Marxism. It's been hijacked by, by a, a socialist, demo, Democrat, evil government that comes from the gates of hell. Because they're ignoring the fact that these policies are contrary to what the majority of black people believe. Right. The majority of black people are conservatives. No, no, no. And, and I agree. I, I mean, you know, I have discussions all the time with, with, with black Americans and, and from, from all different standpoints. So we had Stephen Davis on earlier and we talked about it. And then my business partner actually comes from if you were to if you were to remove our names off paper and you would talk about our family, our educations and everything. We you would think by stereotypes that I was because this is what people want you to believe yeah. is that is that black people are need help from yeah. everybody and all yeah. of this other kind of lie. Let me ask you a question. So right now, one of the biggest battles that I'm fighting on a spiritual front is I'm I, well, I say fighting, challenging. Sure. And then Christians will say, oh, you're fighting, you know, pastors and, and, and all this other stuff. No, I and I believe that pastors that are a consider themselves above challenge mm -hmm. have lost their way in the Absolutely. first place. Um, we see now that you know it, I know it. Yes. We've seen behind the veil that no one will ever see behind politics. And behind that veil is evil, yes. it's darkness, yes. it's, it's demonic in yes. so many ways. And I would argue that I don't think it can be saved. I don't no. think that the government can be saved. I said this over and over and over again after my congressional run. Mm -hmm. I said, the only person that can save America 
is not a person. Yeah. It, it, it's God. It's God. And so that's why we have shifted and turned to Turning Point Faith. We've started, instead of speaking at Republican conventions, which we still do, mm-hmm. but we go speak in churches yes. and all that, that will have us. Yes. Because there's yeah. very few. They very few. Um, because You because found some. I found, I found <laughs> two. Two so far. You won the lottery. The Willie Walker ticket. Yeah, Congratulations. Two, two, two so far. <laughs> but, but, but what would you say to these pastors that... Um, I'm not even sure that they believe the woke things that they're bowing down to, but they're now so dependent on butts in the seats, which lead to more checks in the tithing basket, that they cherry pick what the Bible actually says. And if they don't want to talk about it, they just put it under, well, that's political. And because we're a 501c3, mm-hmm. we can't talk about those things. What would you say to I those pastors? I want to read something. The Bible says in Luke, and I was going to find it, but, but the Bible says in Luke, that God will allow people to turn to their wickedness. Yeah. We, without a shadow of a doubt, are in the Laodicea time period, the dispensation period in which the, 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 the period in which Jesus talked about right before the seals were being broken in the book of Revelation. Right. That Jesus started out saying, you tried to do well, but you vipers, you snakes, you are, you, 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 you bastardize the true will of my word, right? Uh, uh, that's exactly where we have in today's time. There was a time where the Philistines had stole, this reminds me of the times where the Philistines had stole the Ark of the Covenant. Right. You know the story. Mm-hmm. They stole the Ark of the Covenant, but even with the Ark of the Covenant was gone, which is the embodiment of who God is. It right. is the, the, the presence of God. It was so powerful that if you touched the Ark of the Covenant, you would die immediately. That's how powerful the Ark of the Covenant was. Well, it was stolen by the Philistines, but when it was stolen, the glory of God had gone, but yet the temple was still there. Right. The table of showbread was still there. The the the, the brazen altar was in place. You understand? The sacrificial uh, altars were all in place. The candlesticks were all in place. The the holy uh, the the veil was in place. Uh, the most holy place was in place. The holies of holies was still in place, but the glory was gone. Everything had the accoutrements of that God was moving, but there was no glory. You understand what I'm telling you? All the church was going on, but there was no glory. Yeah, we have dead churches now. That's exactly what church is at today. That we have on the paraphernalia of the power of the Holy Ghost, but there is no glory. That God isn't in the midst. We have the lights. We have the the LED screens. We have the amazing music. I was a worship leader for 12 years. I had the crazy bottom beats, the bass line when you hear it in your chest, right? Praise and worship is crazy in my church, but... The glory wasn't there for so long. And that's why churches are cowering down in the book of Luke. God says, I will allow them to turn to their wicked ways. God, the Bible says in Luke that they are discovering new ways to sin against me. And it is coming from the house of God. It is coming from churches. It's coming from leaders, coward leaders that have turned to a reprobate mind. The Bible says that even the greater elect shall be deceived. It is not a doubt. It's not a shock for me that the mainstream church is allowing black lives matter to be pushed into their agenda. Right. It's no shock to me that mainstream church is welcoming in the LGBTQ community without calling them to repentance. Exactly. It's no shock to me that they are that they're not standing up from their pulpit preaching thus saith the Lord of hosts and giving the power of the power of the Holy Spirit to their people from their pulpit, even talking about evil political policies that are destroying our nation. It's no shock to me because the Bible said these days in the end 
end days and the end times will come to pass. So for me, those pastors are cowards. They're not, they're not serving the creator, they're serving the creation. Right. And that's exactly where we are in America today. Pastors got to wise up, stand up, and be willing to sacrifice. That's what the cross is all about. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. We have a cross to bear. You have a cross to bear. You have lost so much. Yeah. I have lost so much. I have lost. There's so many of us who are in the body of Christ. We have lost so much to, to spread the gospel. But what we have lost is nothing compared to the apostles. Nothing compared Absolutely. to what Jesus had to endure. We have a cross to bear, Graham, but we don't focus on the cross. We focus on the resurrection. There's a resurrection that is coming. So when I speak in both when I talk about the LGBTQ community, when I talk about same-sex marriage, when I talk about the abortions that are that have been fueling and coward pastors who are not preaching this from their pulpit, who are not being bold enough, I should not be famous. Right. You should not be famous. You're right. Yeah. We should be the norm in the body of Christ. I agree. I I, 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 I didn't know we were going to have a sermon today, but I agree 100%. Hey, that was good. Absolutely. So my, my question to you from a pastoral perspective is... And, and I've asked every pastor this, and I'd love to hear your thoughts too. For those Christians that are sitting in the congregation right now, they see what we see. They feel what we feel. God is, I, because I believe this, I believe that we're all this stuff that's happened in the past three years, it's not exposed something new. It's exposed what's always been there. been here, yeah. I believe that we're going to see a new generation of pastors, evangelists, missionaries, church planners, et cetera. And they're not going to look like what you think they're going to look like. They're no. not going to sound what you think they're supposed to sound like because the days of the celebrity pastors, yes. all this stuff, they're being just laid out, laid literally. Out. What would you say to those people that are sitting there, they know their church isn't doing the right thing, and they feel God telling them to do something? What would be your encouragement to those Christians that see what we see, they feel what they feel, and they feel like God is telling them to do something about it. What would be your advice to them? First of all, if they feel in the tug of the Holy Spirit, and they and this is the first a warning, if you feel the voice of the Holy Spirit, if you know something is not right in your church, and you realize that there's more that we need to be doing, the more that you need to be doing in the body of Christ, and the Holy Spirit is tugging on you, and you're refusing to move on it, that is a dangerous place to be. Right. Because that means that God is giving you an instruction, an instruction from him and you ignoring every instruction ignored by the Holy Spirit will, will always go punished. Right. I need every believer that is listening to this, watching this to get this. If God, if you're sitting in your church and you realize that there's more that I need to be doing, my church isn't doing it and I need to do it. That is because God is anointing you. He's appointed you to be the change that we seek. It does not necessarily have to come from your pastor, right? right. I'm not telling you to go and dishonor your pastor. When I am telling you that you know the truth. If you are a student of the Word of God, you know where our stand should be concerning Black Lives Matter. Absolutely. You know where our stand should be concerning same-sex marriage. Absolutely. You know where our stand should be concerning uh, abortion and the and the loss of children's lives and how important the lives is to the to the Holy Spirit. But if that's not been preached into your own church and the Holy Spirit is tugging at you, that God is calling you to do a work, fall in it quickly. Because if you don't, there is destruction for your own life. Absolutely. You understand that? But I would say to you, move quickly. Move quickly. Do not delay. Understand that we're going to die one day. This is, this is what helps me, Graham. Yeah. 
all this, this is beautiful, right? We're here at Turning Point. There's a lot of teenagers here. This is a beautiful screen you got. You got an amazing set. Yeah. I'm jealous over your tattoos right now. I want you to know <laughs> I'm jealous. You're jealous too. I'm jealous. And I'm telling you, I, I, I'm hoping I've always wanted one of my neck, right? Really? I really wanted one of my neck and my a sleeves, right? But, 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 but the point is, all this is great. But one day, yeah, it, it doesn't won't matter. matter. Yeah, absolutely. It won't matter if you're in the Eternal amen Eternal purpose is what matters. Yes. Kingdom yes. purpose is yes. what matters. I, I, I agree. I agree 100%. And, 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 and I wish we had more time today. I feel like we could talk for three hours on here. <laughs> where can people go to see what you have going on, to support you? Where, where can people go to, 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 to help you out? First of all, I'm on Twitter. Graham, I don't have as many followers as you on Instagram, so I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty upset about that. I need y'all to help me out. <laughs> go help go, go, go help him out. Oh, yeah. go. Gotcha. Graham, you got, you got to help me out. <laughs> At Pastor Mark Burns on, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Um, but I'm also the newly appointed chairman of Impact. That's M with a mic, okay. Paul, Papa, Alpha, Charlie, Impact. Impact is the black version of CPAC. Okay. This is an organization that's been around, and we're going to be having Impact 2022 in Washington, D.C., uh, at the Washington Times headquarters. Awesome. Graham, you got to come and speak. I will. I, you, you tell me when, I'll come. This is going to be where <clears throat> we're, you're going to be speaking to uh, some of America's most uh, uh, national premier multicultural organizations in America. Absolutely. We're bringing them all together under one banner so that to. we can help challenge them, knowing that the, the, the primaries are coming right up. We And I need mm. you to come out there and give marching orders to these leaders. I would love to. Before, uh, uh, they, before the primary. Absolutely. So we got to make sure we made a that connect. Uh, but but impact, M-P-A-C dot C-C. M-P-A-C dot C-C. Go to impact. .cc sign up. We would love to connect with as many people as possible Absolutely. to help us spread the gospel. We got to take back the multiculturalism uh, aspect of the conservative movement. Absolutely, we're losing it to liberalism. Absolutely, and we and, there, and there's so many black, brown, Asians, Hispanics are out there who are desperately wanting to to be in the movement, just as strong, just as powerful as other organizations that they don't have those opportunities. Yeah. Impact is giving them that opportunity. So yeah. if you're listening, if you're watching and you want to learn more about Impact, we want to sign up, be a part about it, mpac.cc, impact.cc. You can also go to markburns.org and connect with me. Awesome. Well, Pastor Mark, thank you so much for coming. I'm, I, I'm coming to speak. I'm there. I'm there. It's done. Yes. Thank you so much. We're going to have to have you on again. Uh, and stick around. We'll be back with more. <laughs>